Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Free Thought Podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Chow. And I'm your other co-host, Amelia Boudreaux. Today, we are going to be breaking down Biden's pick for vice president, some of the nuance surrounding it, and our personal thoughts on the woman he picked, Kamala Harris. On Tuesday, August 11th, Joe Biden announced that he had selected Kamala Harris as his running mate for the 2020 election. This news warranted mixed responses from voters, and we'll jump into why that is a little later on. So before we jump into what she believes now and why there is this nuance surrounding her pick, or her position as vice president, let's talk about a couple of her past achievements and things that she stood for in the past. So as Senator and Attorney General of California, she's been very concerned with criminal justice. She also um, started a program that gives first-time drug offenders a chance to earn a high school diploma and find a job. She's been very um, open about, the, about trying to reform the criminal justice system so it's not all about punishment, rather about rehabilitation. Uh, and then as Attorney General, she um, focused on holding big corporations accountable and protecting those at a low financial status. She's also been an open advocate for marriage equality. And um, in terms of now surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and the push for uh, prison reform and the reform of the criminal justice system, she said, quote, we need to reimagine how we do public safety in America and is very pro um, reform of the police. Um, She also pioneered open justice, which is a platform that allows the public to see crime and uh, data and statistics, also police data and statistics, which helped to hold police accountable for the, for when they abuse their power. Um, she also focused a lot on helping victims of teenage prostitution get into better pla- uh, places. Um, and then as a, um, def- as a, a, an attorney and Senator, she's a very compelling and aggressive questioner. And she's questioning people like Jeff Sessions and Brett Kavanaugh on the Russia investigation. She's also an, uh, extremely passionate about climate change law and trying to uh, protect our, our, our planet from the fate that it is undoubtedly moving towards. She's also been an open advocate for the Affordable Care Act. Uh, she's prosecuted tra- trafficking gangs. She also fought for $25 billion settlements for California homeowners affected by the foreclosure crisis. So in general, she's both for the people and for the planet and for equality as a whole and wants uh, a lot of reform for the criminal justice system. And that's, those are things that she's always stood for in the past. Here are some of her stances for 2020. She's generally a liberal and agrees with almost all of the things Biden proposes, such as um, the minimum raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. She also wants to raise corporate taxes and tax the rich, just like every other liberal. She also wants to expand um, health insurance, like Amelia said, to more Americans until we can feasibly have Medicare for all, uh, hopefully within 10 years. Um, For gun control, she wants to impose mandatory background checks, regulation of gun manufacturers, and close uh, loopholes that exist right now. She also wants to require that large companies certify that they are paying men and women um, the same amount of money. She also wants states that want to pass strict abortion laws to have to seek federal approval first. So, in other words, she's pro-choice. She wants to eliminate fracking. She also wants to end mass incarceration, the death penalty, and cash bail, um, and make historically black colleges debt-free and decriminalize marijuana. 
Um, she has expressed some support for reallocating some police funds and taxes into education, social services, and other community resources. And, and she also voted on 93% of the things Bernie Sanders voted for. Okay. So now we've run through a lot of the good things that she supports and a lot of the good things that she's done in the past. Now we need to address why there's controversy surrounding Joe Biden's decision to, to select her as his running mate. So a couple of the drawbacks people see to Kamala Harris and the, the, the other side of her is that she's had some inconsistency in stances over the years. At first, she, For example, in terms of Medicare for All, at first she said she was pro, and then she was against, and now she's sort of in the middle. She wants uh, some sort of Medicare for All, but also wants private insurers to still exist, and then until we can completely shift over to Medicare for All over the next 10 years. Also, some people on the left argue that she has not been hard enough on pushing for consequences for abusive police officers. People claim that she sides with the law enforcement too frequently in moments of injustice. Since she's been in the justice system and a, a, a very prominent figure in the justice system, people worry that she sides with the police with the justice system too often. When, of course, right now we need to be holding the justice system and the corruption within it accountable. In the past, she's been very pro-cop, even calling herself top cop which obviously is bad politics right now, especially. Um, and then in terms of transgender rights, she's had many issues with it. She denied surgeries to, to trans prisoners, which she's since apologized for, revising her stance and becoming a stronger proponent for transgender rights and liberties, saying, quote, I believe that we are at a point where we have to, got to stop vilifying people based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And we've got to understand that when we are talking about a particular transgender community, for too long they have been subject to a bias and, frankly, a lack of understanding about their circumstance and their physical needs in addition to any other needs they have. And it's about time we have a better understanding of that. So, of course, she's definitely revised her stance. She's apologized profusely, saying she said saying she takes, quote, full responsibility. However, it doesn't erase that she did that her actions had a harmful consequence. And lastly, she voted in favor of SESTA. Which, is, which was essentially an act that ended up having detrimental consequences on sex workers, endangering them and imprisoning them, which, of course, she has also revised her stance on. However, you cannot erase the damage it did. Given all of that and hearing all that, Chad, I'm curious to hear your opinion. Do, would you, do you overall support Kamala Harris and think she's a good candidate, or are you like a lot of people and have some concerns and um, criticisms of her? I think... I stand pretty neutral. There are definitely some some aspects of her that's good and some aspects of her that's bad, like any other person. Um, she was, I think, she was definitely a good pick for 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 Biden, especially um, the fact that I think she's going to appeal to a lot of Bernie Bernie supporters because she voted ninety three percent of the things that Bernie voted on and so one one thing that hurt clinton in her campaign in 2016 was the fact that most of the people who supported bernie didn't actually support clinton they either voted for trump or didn't vote at all or voted third party etc and so i think this move for biden is a very smart one and uh, i think he's definitely going to have a lot more um, bernie supporters than clinton had and so yeah, I think that was a smart move on um, that aspect. Yeah, uh, that actually makes sense. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. If, uh, if that, I feel like a lot of people don't actually know that fact about the 93%, but if more people do, um, it'll certainly sway people. I'm not sure. It'll, it'll affect people. So yeah, I do agree with that. In terms of my opinion on her, I would say um, 
I would say, just like Biden, she's done and said things that have been extremely problematic. And in no way do I condone those things at all. In fact, I think that there's no other way to, I think that it's, it's extremely necessary to hold her accountable for these things. However, considering her, her current stances, which as we've seen, I mean, we, we only covered a few, but if, if any of you listening want to do more research, I strongly encourage it. As we've seen, she has extremely, um, extremely constructive stances on a lot of the things that are going on right now. She's a, she's a, a very strong fighter for uh, mandating masks and trying to deal with the COVID crisis and, and also reforming cr- the criminal justice system, which is extremely necessary right now. So I think if we were to take, if we were to imagine a hypothetical where we take all of the problematic things out of her past, I would say yes, 100%. I support her like undoubtedly. However, that's not the hypothetical, but that hypothetical is not the world that we live in. And so it certainly chips away at my approval or support of her, but I don't think it removes it. I think in general, if we look in terms of moving forward in the future, I'm excited for what she's going to do. Um, but it's important for her to take accountability. So I would say half and half. I mean, I, I support her. I support Biden, but, um, important to hold her account, hold her accountable, uh, once she gets into office, if that happens. But overall, like, I do think it was smart for Biden to pick her. There are a couple reasons she did pick her. Do you, uh, do you want to run through a couple of them, Chad? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, first and foremost, she is an experienced campaigner and an attorney general and also has years of experience in the government as a whole. In 2017, she became the first um, African-American and Indian-American senator. She's an excellent debater and brings sharpness to the debate stage from her years as a prosecutor. And she's only 55, which is good because she's relatively young and Biden's like 78 or something like that. Um, uh, She was a historic pick considering her Jamaican and Indian heritage. And um, she's from California and you know, California has many Democratic voters and sponsors. She was also a huge advocate for racial justice and police reform, especially after the, the death of George Floyd. And um, yeah, that's, and like I said before, um, voted 93% with Bernie Sanders. And so as a result, um, hopefully many of the uh, people who support Bernie will end up supporting um, Harris. I think one thing that is also a drawback is um, she wants to get rid of fracking and um, fracking causes uh, fracking industries um, cause millions and millions of jobs. And if she wants to get rid of fracking, she's going to be essentially eliminating those people's jobs. And so I think that's definitely a big drawback. Um, The fact that those blue collared workers are um, most likely not going to vote in favor of um, Harris because she wants to get rid of fracking. Yeah, and that's a good, that's an interesting point you brought up. I actually haven't. I don't know much about fracking. I know that it's controversial controversial because it has a negative impact on the environment. Um, but of course, like you said, it it is a source of employment for a lot of people. Um, and I think that's something I need to do further research on. But let's. But in terms of that list you just listed, of like good reasons, uh, or things that could benefit Biden, the good reasons that he picked her. Let's break each of those down in terms of experienced campaigner and, and an experienced attor- attorney general. Um, Obviously, she was ran in the primaries, and she, though she didn't do very well, we saw that she understands how to run a campaign. 
uh, at least, which is which is good for Biden. Uh, and then let's talk about the fact that she is the first woman of color to ever be on a presidential ticket. That's that's extremely significant um, historically and currently, especially. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't really have any thoughts about that. Uh, it's it's pretty, to me, it's pretty self-explanatory, um, the fact that uh, she became the first Indian-American senator, and yet when she um, is on the ballot, um, she's the first African-American, um, like, vice we, president, running yeah. dude. Yeah. I hear, I hear um, you. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see any controversy over it. Um, yeah, I just... I, yeah, yeah. I don't really see anything wrong with that. I see. What you, I see what you mean. There certainly shouldn't be controversy. Controversy, but I think in general it's extremely important to recognize that this is this is extremely significant. Of course, I've heard people say, "Oh, well, just don't pick someone simply because of their race or gender." Blah blah blah. But that's not why Biden picked her for a multitude of reasons. The one of one being the fact that she brings representation to the ticket, but one of many. And I think it's extremely significant uh, as a, like to recognize that. Um, we for too long we haven't had representation on the presidential ticket, and I think obviously like picking picking someone simply because of their race or gender is not good. But that's not what Biden did. There were other qualifications that she had, and um, that's actually something that I am excited about. Um, if we ignore the bad things, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that she's going to bring representation to the ticket. And in terms of people who criticize identity politics and think that it's stupid to pick someone simply because of their identity, I would say to the, I've never heard anyone other than white men saying that. It's easy to critique identity politics when you've never needed them before. If you've always seen yourself represented in government, then of course you think identity, identity politics are stupid. But I think that, that, and that is something, I think saying identity politics is stupid is a privileged statement. And so in general, I mean, I'm, so in support of both her being vice president and especially because she is, she comes from Jamaican and um, Indian American descent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You brought up pretty good points. Um, I just wanted to address one of them. You did briefly say that um, we just ignore the bad things. Of course, you're never going to ignore the bad things. Um, she did. She, she seems like she seems like she's um, a pretty big contributor to mass incarceration, especially um, what she did as attorney general, um, which doesn't seem too good. Um, but of course, you also have to take into consideration um, the context. Uh, back then, almost everyone, or not almost everyone, but the majority of people did want to um, lock people up in prisons, and um, yeah, she she is. She she did describe herself as a top cop, and um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about uh, the controversy yeah. that lies there? I have a lot of thoughts on. That. In fact, I have a lot of thoughts on the mass incarceration thing. I think first, I want to before before we start to dissect the the actual undeniable damage that she did to low income and communities and communities of color. Let's first preface it by saying, um, let's first preface it by saying one of her biggest, uh, one of the things that she supports most openly and most strongly now is ending mass incarceration for good. Of course, that does not at all undo the damage and it shouldn't undo the damage. We need to hold account someone accountable regardless of what they believe now. However, that's something important to note is that she's done a full 180 on stances, which again, does not excuse, but it's important to know. Um, and then in terms of um, what she did 
as an attorney general. Um, again, yes, she contributed to mass incarceration, which is very important. We'll get into that in a second. But she also did good things, like I said. She she tried to turn punishment in the criminal justice system into more of a rehabilitation system, which is great. It's what we're still striving for now. So yeah, take the good with the bad. As far as the bad, I actually, while I was doing research for this episode, to address the bad, while I was doing research for this episode, I read an article by Atlantic. And I, I just want to read a couple quotes. They basically made the case that it's easy for someone like Bernie Sanders, who's a white man, to say, F the system, the system is broken, let's reform the criminal justice system, all these things. But they make the case, and I don't know if I agree with this, I'm simply stating a point of view I hadn't thought about before. They make the case that as a black woman, it's harder. I mean, at the time that she was put in, that she was put in office, there were only, let me check, there were only about six black candidates that had, that had been elected to the Senate two had been Republicans and none of the four were Democrats. So in general, it was hard for a extremely radical black person to be elected into a position of power because of the unfair social climate that um, is undeniably racist. I mean, we understand that. It doesn't make it fair, but you must acknowledge the climate. So let me just read out a couple quotes. Uh, the Atlantic, the author of this Atlantic article says, Harris was taking the cautious stances on police violence for which she's now being blamed conventional wisdom held that being deemed pro-criminal was even more dangerous for black politicians. Commentators judging her record should acknowledge the political constraints under which she labored. The fact that Harris didn't boldly confront, confront police misconduct early in her career says less about her than the country in which she lived. And yeah, I honestly think that's an interesting point. Of course, like people should act justly regardless of the pressures they're feeling. This is not an excuse. It's simply maybe an explanation. What do you think of it? I mean, I don't really have any thoughts of it other than like it's 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 it is a pretty interesting point. Uh, one of the things that I did want to bring up is um, the fact that she 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 did have a voice to stop the um, the the things that she supported. Um, as many of you know, Biden um, passed the or helped pass the 1994 crime bill and. Um, I believe 45% of the Senate was actually against the crime bill. They voted no. And so that just shows that they could have, they could have stopped this. They had the power. It's not like everyone wanted, wanted um, to lock people up. They did have that power to say no, but they chose not to. And so I think, I think the argument to take into context, like of, of the situation, like it's pretty close 45 and 55%. I, I, I'd say that's pretty close. So, yeah, that's that's just a point that I wanted to address. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, to so we're talking about Biden now. We do that, but to address if you're trying, if you're bringing up that point to address why Kamala Harris should have not done the things she did, I agree. Like this is not an excuse at all. Yeah. The excuse is not that she was a black woman and that put constraints on her, unfair constraints, might I add. Um, it just simply might be some of the explanation. I mean, the title of this article literally was Give Kamala Harris a Break. So <laughs> obviously we're seeing where they're com coming from. And I just yeah. wanted to share that perspective. In terms of Biden, yeah, I, I regretfully, both people on the ticket for the Democratic Party have many flaws that need to be addressed. But at least in my opinion, undoubtedly, they are so much better than Trump and Pence. But that's my opinion. I, But yeah, in general, it's extremely regrettable and that... They both have so many flaws. 
Yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to point out is um, her the her thoughts about the economy is also a little, or she brings in new ideas. Um, one of them being uh, she wants guaranteed income. She wants to create a new program of government funded checks for lower and middle income families, modeled by the current earned income tax credit. And so it'd be um, monthly payments like a paycheck. And the plan is to pay up to around $6,000 a year for working married couples and college students. And this would approximately cost $3 trillion over 10 years, which is almost double, um, a little, yeah, a little, uh, almost double of, um, of Biden's current climate change. No, no, no. It's, 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 only, it's only about $1 trillion more. But yes, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like $1.3 trillion, Close enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts about that, like giving out, you know, monthly paychecks from other people's taxes? I don't, I don't know the full story on it. I, it, it remind, it's sort of reminiscent of a UBI, as in, as in universal basic in, income, which is something, I mean, very different. But Yang did support that, Andrew Yang. They're different, but the idea of giving out money to, to households is the commonality there. Um, and uh, honestly, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I know I'm spinning, spinning the question back, but yeah. um, I don't think it is an inherently bad idea. And, yeah. But I also, I, like I said, I haven't researched the pros and cons, and I can do so right now. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it will. It, it is, um, I think it's a smart move by her. Um, I think she's definitely going to appeal to a lot of people who support Sanders and maybe those people who support, um, who support Andrew Yang as well. But um, yeah, I don't really have much thoughts about it. Um, I think some people could be, I can see both sides of the argument where one person would be in favor of that. And one person who um, would not be in favor of that. I guess the person um, the argument that the person against this would make is that they don't want to pay for another person's, you know, paycheck. Um, and then the argument that um, a person for this could make is the fact that, you know, they're 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 getting they're getting money from the government. So um, right. yeah, it's it seems like a pretty straightforward. Um, like I can see both sides of the argument. There's not a lot of gray space as of now, but um, I think this is definitely a policy that isn't as well known. Um, right. Yeah. I'm looking at this Forbes article on it and Kamala Harris says in a tweet, she says, our economy is now in recession stemming from a public health crisis with no end in sight as in like the economy is sort of doing very badly because of COVID. We need bold policies if we're going to get through this crisis. That's why I'm pro- proposing $2,000 monthly payments for the duration of the pandemic. Yeah, this yeah, is not, that's, that's this is just during COVID. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This, this, this is in general. Uh, that Forbes article is. I, I saw that as well. That is, that is for um, to help the the economy during the pandemic. That's like what she wants to do. Which, which of course uh, sounds pretty good um, on the surface, but it could also have some like consequences in the future. Do I know those consequences? Most likely not. But um, yeah, this guaranteed income is 
like like I said, um, the plan is to pay up to $6,000 a year for working married couples and college students, and this would approximately cost $3 trillion over 10 years. So this is not something um, temporary. It sounds like it's uh, she wants it to be permanent. Okay. Well, yeah. if we talk about the effects on that, I think that the problem a lot of, let's talk, for example, Bernie voters are more uh, radical yeah, and yeah. Uh, just I would not even radical, just leftists in general, people who are a little further left than liberals or Democrats. The problem they have with Kamala is a lot of, among other things, they think she's too moderate. And I definitely think that, yeah, they, they, they think she's too moderate. And I think that if we can, and I do think that this information slightly conflicts with that. Of course, like one, one idea, yeah, yeah. completely disregard a reputation of as a moderate, but it does, um, sort of beg to differ with that point it doesn't completely disregard it like i said but mm-hmm. yeah it, i feel like yeah. a lot of people don't know about this yeah and um i actually like i i just found this in a wall street journal i think um i think the name of it was um the name of the article is kamala harris biden differed on trade medicare for all here's a guide to their positions and um i actually looked up um, Kamala Harris and guaranteed income, and I couldn't really find many articles about it. So um, it is. It, it does seem like something that isn't very well known, but it is in the Wall Street Journal, which is um, pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And at, but at, I also want to raise the point, sort of segueing into a different thing. This reputation for being a moderate is is actually greatly benefiting Biden. Um, and I've seen so many sort of op-eds and uh, analysis analyses <laughs> of Kamala Harris from different news sources saying, uh, at this point, Biden's goal is not to appeal to progressive voters or voters 18 to 25 because they make up a very small amount of his voter turnout. His goal is to appeal to people who are sort of in between sides, wondering if they should go for Biden or for Trump and centrists and people, and even just more moderate Democrats as a whole. And so I think that picking Harris as a VP, someone who is historically or not historically, uh, in the past sided with cops to, to uh, which obviously causes problems, but to, to a lot of people, that's a good thing. Like the, the a lot of people who aren't fully all a cab and very uh, on the, on the side of anti-cop will appreciate that which regardless of how you feel about that it seems to have been a, str- a, a smart move for biden because this the day after he uh, he made his decision to pick harris public he received 26 million dollars in donations so obviously i mean personally i disagree with this whole idea of cops are the good ones i think that we need extreme police reform that's my view so I'm not part of the, those people who think, yes, I'm glad Kamala Harris is a, is a top cop, quote unquote, top cop. But I do think that it's proven to be a smart decision for Biden. Yeah. Although, although she is, she does seem like a moderate, like we said before, um, she supports a lot of things Bernie supported. And so she, I, I wouldn't really consider her a moderate. Um, I, I think, I think she definitely has some stances that are, a little moderate, but um, she definitely does have stances that are to the left, and um, she does want to give healthcare to people who are in the U.S. illegally. So making Medicare for all really like Medicare for all, and so yeah, I get what you're saying. I say I I understand why one would consider her not a moderate, but in general, she 
you look at her stances and the ideology she aligns with, aligns with, though she has some deviations from the moderate ideology or the moderate Democrat ideology, you would classify, classify her as a moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's not anywhere near a leftist. Uh, she's not a socialist or a communist or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, in general, say what you want about that, but it's proven to be really beneficial for Biden. And uh, one of the things that Trump critiqued um, Harris on is the fact that she wants to um, give migrants seeking asylum in the U.S., uh, give them guaranteed access to counsel. And so Trump um, pretty much put it like this. um, So give all illegal immigrants, um, or I think he used the word um, illegal aliens, um, taxpayer-funded lawyers. I think there are definitely a lot of things about uh, migrants seeking asylum that isn't known. Uh, it's definitely a very difficult topic to talk about, and we could do this in further episodes. But she does want to give illegal immigrants um, access to lawyers um, if they're seeking asylum. I, I kind of, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I don't. I think she. That's that's the right thing to do, but that's my personal view. And like you said, we can get into a, a t- uh, discussion about that another time. But yeah. that's not something I, that personally I would ever criticize Kamala Harris on. I think that's correct. Yeah, but, but that's what Trump criticized. Right, on, right. So. Trump is Trump is has <laughs> undoubtedly he has declared himself anti-immigrant. Uh, and I, I raised this this point earlier. I think while we were talking, probably before we were recording, or a couple days ago, maybe I don't know. Trump won by getting half the country to hate the other. And I'm glad that Kamala Harris seems to, uh, well, obviously it's, it's evident that as a Democrat, that's not what she believes, but I'm glad that Kamala Harris is doing stuff that challenges that view as she should, because personally, I think Trump's view on immigrants is so immoral. And so it causes so much damage. And, you know, we could go on a whole episode about how I hate Trump, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) In general though, I am, I'm glad Kamala Harris has that stance. Trump also critiqued Harris on the way she, I guess, addressed Kavanaugh during uh, the, the um, his his hearings, and um, I found it pretty funny to watch. She absolutely obliterated Kavanaugh, <laughs> and and quite honestly tore him to pieces. So it's definitely worth a watch if you want to get a little laugh out of it. But um, she does she does she is a really good um, debater, and so. Um, I think I think she is going to beat um, Pence in that debate. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that. Um, from her years as being an attorney and, and a senator, and just in general having experience in debates, she's become like electric on the debate stage. I mean, really, even during the primaries, though she did very badly in the primaries. Like it, she did well in the debates, and she d- does. Well, and if you look at the videos, like you said, of her prosecuting or questioning Brett Kavanaugh and Jeff Sessions, like she crushes them. <laughs> so what are your predictions for the, the debate with between Harris and Pence? Oh, I think I think it, it, it it's like I said, um, I think it's probably going to my answer is probably going to be similar to um, what I thought about the Biden and Trump debate. It's definitely going to be really fun to watch. Um I, I'm, I'm not quite sure who's going to win, but based on um, Harris's background and her experience in prosecuting and um, her just just her 
skills in debate. Um, I think I think she does have the upper hand in that regard. Yeah, and Pence is known as a very boring and uh, unexciting and weak debater. So if you put those two things together, I'm excited to watch. I, I honestly think, yeah, yeah. if you ask me to make a prediction, I think Harris is going to crush Pence. Speaking of debates, um, we can also go into um, the bad things she said about Biden uh, in, in the primaries. And um, from this, um, a former representative by the name of Trey Trey Gowdy described her as, quote, her only conviction is personal ambition, end quote. And I think um, there's a good amount of people out there who, who do see this. And um, if you and Gowdy, uh, Mr. Gowdy, brought up the point that if you if if you change your mind, you're going to have to have a reason. And he to paraphrase, um, he essentially said that um, Harris changes her mind without much reason. And so, um, or her reason, her, her reasoning for changing her mind is, is a little weak. And, um, this is, this is shown in, um, one interview she had, um, the interviewer asked, essentially asked, um, all, what do you, what are your stances now on all the things that you said about Biden? Um, like all the bad things you said about Biden and, and she, she just laughed out loud and, and, and just said it was a debate. And so her reasoning is pretty much, oh, it was a debate. So that that justifies what I say. That's 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 a reading that most people got from uh, got from that. Well, first, why don't you actually give context? What what you're referring to is that she made comments about how he opposed the integration of schools and he's had a racist past. Like I, I think the context was lacking there. But in terms of what you said after that, yeah, she. Sorry, I think that we need to backtrack because. Um, to, to provide context for the things you said, she made harsh comments about Biden. She kind of went for his throat in terms of his racist past. And then afterwards, after obviously she was picked as his VP, a lot of people were confused and saying, well, didn't you literally, didn't you attack, attack him so badly in the debates? And now like repeat what you said about what she said, her explanation for suddenly changing her stances on Biden. Our, yeah. Yeah. When the, when the interviewer asked her from what I got, the answer was just it was a debate and because it was a debate like she was able to say those things what's your opinion on that on the fact that she went from a very um strong went from having very strong opposition to biden and sort of attacking him very viciously to disregarding the comments what well, i want to know your opinion on that it's definitely not good that she's changing her thoughts um like especially that quickly and and like as Mr. Gowdy um, put it, um, she she changes her thoughts without much reason, and that reason being um, like just saying it's a debate, and that doesn't that doesn't appeal to a lot of people, and so um, it's probably not a good thing. But um, the fact that she can and has the skills of a great debater is also a good part, a, a good a good side that um, can be seen from this. So you're saying it's sort of like two-sided, right? Like on the one hand, it might not appeal to people, especially because she has a history of inconsistency. And then on the other hand, to be a good debater at some point, you need to exaggerate your stances on things and go after Mm -hmm. your opponents like that. Yeah. I would say I agree with that, to be honest. I think that personally, if you ask me, it's not something that would sort of turn me off of Kamala Harris. I, I, I personally, my opinion is that 
that's just politics, really. You go after people because it's about winning. You could make the case it shouldn't be like that. Uh, I think we both understand that there are numerous problems with our political and electoral system. However, in this case, I would say it is like sort of an is what it is moment. Yeah. I don't think that it's something that would make me say, oh, yeah, no, I, I hate Kamala Harris now because she changed her opinion on Biden. Yeah, no, everyone's going to change their opinion. And and usually, usually instead of like, like how Biden, you know, you know how he was, he wanted to lock a lot of people up in jail. Um, and now and now um, he, he doesn't want that. Like he wants to change mass incarceration. And I, th- I think this is just how politics works. Like, if, if every if, if the majority of the people is for this, then the politician will be for this, too, because their ultimate goal is to get as many votes as they possibly can so that they can win. And um, if that's their goal, then you have to appeal to as many people as possible. And so you're, the politician's thoughts are going to be dictated by the views and thoughts of those they want to get support from. And so I don't like it, it, in this way people shouldn't hold politicians specifically accountable for their actions or thoughts in the past. Cause it's just, it just, it, because those thoughts and actions were ultimately dictated by the people of the past. And so it, if, if they didn't address it, then it would have have helped them. It wouldn't have helped them win. And so I don't think you can really blame them. It's that's just, that's just their job. Their job is to listen to the people to get votes and then like live a life off of that. Mm, yes and no. I would say that logic certainly applies if we take the instance of Kamala Harris attacking Biden and then becoming his VP. But if you talk about, for example, Biden, Biden's racist stances on past things, I think, yeah, no, you should hold them accountable. Oh, for that. oh yeah. Like the racist parts. Yes. But like, I guess wanting to, um, wanting to, pass a crime bill and especially everyone in the 1990s early 2000s they most of them most of them wanted like majority wanted people to be locked up and so (laughs) i guess you just blame the people of the past maybe i don't really know i i think it's i think it's a it's a important balance to find i think yeah at a certain point blame the political climate but ultimately, politicians are supposed to be voices of justice and voices of reason, even when the masses have wrong opinions. I mean, if the problem, so many of history's problems have been prompted by the fact that politicians went with the unjust things that were going on rather than stopping them. I mean, and, uh, we still, oh, yeah, continue. No, 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 continue. All good. Oh, I was going to say, we still see them, see like politicians listening to the masses, like, New York City, I brought this up before, New York City eliminated cash bail entirely. And of course, a lot of politicians now are like, oh, this is definitely not the move. We have to have some sort of reform. And most most people agree with that. But but I think that idea ultimately came from the masses. Like cash bail is a, is a huge problem in that like um, it, low income households can't afford the, the cash bail. And like, um, there, there are many statistics about this, but it, it, it's still relevant. It, it's still prevalent in in our pol- in politics today. Okay, so what are some final thoughts and opinions you have about Kamala Harris after discussing all of this? Yeah. So before we wrap up, I think it's important to both come to an, an agreement on what our stances are. They can be different, but I think I want to come to 
final consensus. And personally, I think overall, I am excited for her to be VP. That is not because of her bad past. I really, really regret, and I'm, it's shameful that she has that past. And I, and I really hope that the things that she's proposing can correct that, and that's how it's looking. But I, I hope that that actually does happen. But as a whole, I think that the good that she's going to do for our country in 2020 outweighs the bad in a way. That's not me saying the bad, bad of her past, you mean? Yeah, the bad of her past. Yeah. That's not me saying the bad doesn't exist. The bad certainly exists, and it's bad. It's very bad. <laughs> and I am unhappy with it. Uh, I don't think she was the perfect candidate by any means. However, she's what we got. And I personally am excited for what she believes in 2020. If we're looking future forward, I agree with her. Yeah, she definitely has a lot of, she brings a lot of great ideas to the table. And um, she, I, I have to disagree with you that she, I think she is a really good pick for Biden. Um, we brought up before that she, she, she appeals to the moderates. And at the same time, she also appeals to um, people who characterize themselves as the left. And so I think this was a great move um, by Biden. Um, definitely a great candidate to have um, by his side. And um, yeah. Uh, definitely going to be a pretty interesting debate to see, um, to watch between um, Pence and Harris. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think regardless of like the things that the bad parts I see in her, she was undoubtedly, I mean, she's, she's made, she's helped Biden and as she should, I'm glad. I think in general, it's beneficial to Biden's campaign. Do I think she's the best politician ever? No. But do I think she's the best pick for Biden in this current uh time yes i do yeah yeah uh, of the options he had i think he picked the right one in context if that makes sense so yeah thank you guys so much for watching if you have any comments suggestions or questions for us feel free to email us at the, the free thought podcast at gmail.com that's the free thought podcast at gmail.com thanks so much for listening and thank you thank you